Gigging NI, the home of music in Northern Ireland. episode number two for July 2017. I'm your host Mark Dunn and I'll be taking you through a couple of interviews on this month's episode. Uh, First up we'll be speaking to Danny O'Reilly, frontman of the Irish rock band The Coronas, um, about their latest album Trust the Wire and we'll be running through the history as a band as well as meeting Barack Obama and we'll also be speaking to local band Public House about how they came about and of course they'll be playing us out with a track at the end of the show. Uh, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who listened to our very first podcast and that of course was with Peter Hook and Delight and local band Part Time Pilots. It is still available to listen to on iTunes and SoundCloud and of course you can view the details of that on our website www.giggingni.com. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe for future episodes as well. Uh, but for now, we'll get straight into things with part one of our interview with Danny O'Reilly from The Cruise. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome Danny O'Reilly, who's the frontman of The Cruise, onto the show today. Danny, how are you? Not too bad, Mark. How are you? I'm not too bad myself. Now, the Cronas are a rock band from Dublin in Ireland, and they've just released their fifth record titled Trust the Wire. Now, Danny, would it be fair to say that the Cronas are now considered Irish music legends? <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's fair. Um, <laughs> you're making it sound really old. Uh, it's, it's hard to believe, really, that we've had five albums. You know, we still sort of consider ourselves... Uh, well, maybe not a new band, but we we don't we definitely don't consider ourselves an old band. And you know, we we sort of recorded our first album when we were still in, in university, and we we didn't really know what we were doing. We had no, we hadn't gigged outside Dublin, never mind outside Ireland, you know. And so uh, yeah, we've sort of we've come a long way since then, and and we've had different albums with majors and, and independently, and you know, we've just started our own label, and you know, it, it seems to be you know probably our our most successful album, I suppose, to a certain extent. We finally got a number one in Ireland, which is, uh, you know, which was really cool. And, and the reaction to the album has, has been amazing. But uh, no, I still think we're a long way from being considered legends. Now, I read that you describe your sold-out show in the Three Arena in 2012 as the happiest moment in the band's life. Now, mm. firstly, what can you remember of that show and what was it in particular that made it so special to you? I think it's it's everything about it. It's just knowing that you're playing in that venue. I mean, we grew up going to gigs there. It was called The Point, obviously, back then. And, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that we were playing a sold-out show in, in, you know, The Point Depot or The Three Arena, as it's called now, then it was the O2. And just yeah. the the atmosphere around the place. Of course, it's our hometown show, so all our friends and family are there. Everyone who supported us over the years, you know, everyone is there rooting for us. It was, you know, just off the back of... of of releasing an album and you know at that stage i'd say you know the long way was was probably our 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 most successful album so or it was close to you probably back then but 
at that at that stage it, it was all building up to that point i suppose and it was just one of those nights where everything went really well the sound in the in the o2 or three arena as it is now is is amazing and you know it was just one of those moments that we were i was funnily enough even though it was our biggest ever show i wasn't really nervous before it mm-hmm. we had done a lot of rehearsing and we had done a good few rehearsal gigs and we were, i was confident in the set and i knew that the crowd were going to be on our side and i just enjoyed every single minute of it sometimes you do a gig and it sort of flashes by and it's over before you know it but with that show i literally embraced every second of it and you know there was moments where i was just like standing there listening to the crowd and and just letting the crowd you know simmer in front of us as we call it and 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 not even moving on with the set just being in the moment and enjoying it as it went and um yeah so it was just one of those one of those things as i say our hometown gig and everything so um, yeah, it, I'll never forget it. Of course, on the 1st of July, you were playing your sold-out show at the Royal Hospital in Dublin. Now, surely yeah. that's got to be the pinnacle of your careers to date. Well, it is, yeah. Capacity-wise, it's, it's bigger again than, than the O2, so it's sort of, yeah, if you look at gigs in, the, in that light, it, it will be. It'll be our biggest ever headline show, so it, it just sold out last week as well, so mm-hmm. 15,000 people are going to be there you know, we got the new album out, and yes, again, it's a hometown show, and Command is only down the road from from where I'm from. You know, so yeah. it's uh, it's definitely it's definitely the pinnacle to, to, at this stage, without a doubt. You know, and you know, I think everything that happened in the last couple of years, we signed to a major label in the UK, and we were living over there, and then we decided to start our own label and, and do it ourselves. And it's probably, as I say, it, it's a, it's a nice moment to, as you say, sort of pinnacle to 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 where we are we're at the moment, you know. So. And uh going back, you played a record breaking mm. six nights in the Olympia in two thousand and eleven. Yeah. How did those yeah. annual shows sort of come about down there? It was funny because with us we were never like an overnight success, you know, and, and as I was saying earlier on, our first album we just sort of did it ourselves, didn't really know what we were doing and we played some small shows in like Wheelands in Dublin which is only like, you know, three hundred, four hundred capacity and and we moved up through the venues really gradually. We we got a bit of radio play, and you know we moved up to the venues. And eventually, we played one night in the Olympia, and people started to take notice of us. And 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 then it, the next Christmas, we did two nights, and it, and it just built up, you know. And and I think we ended up, as you say, doing six nights all out there, and it was just incredible, you know. It was it was it's, it was one of the best weeks ever, you know, getting yeah. to that stage where pretty much a residency in one of the most beautiful venues in Ireland, you know, and. We got to know all the crew and the local house crew and everything, and you know it's it's not unlike the Ulster Hall where we played in the last December, and we'll probably be back there again. And yeah. it's just a beautiful venue that sounds really good and has a really nice atmosphere and a nice sound, and 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 just looks lovely as well, you know. So um, it was it was really really it, it was just an amazing week to to and to say that we. We had those six six night run there was is just pretty special, you know. Would would the Olympia Theatre be one of your favourite venues in Dublin? Absolutely, yeah. Going to shows as well, not just playing at them. I mean, the, the atmosphere there when you play is amazing, and the crowd are right on top of you. Like it, it, it again, a little bit like the Ulster Hall. Mm-hmm. It's sort of it's nearly hard to believe that, that the capacity is what it is. You know, I think the Ulster Hall is fifteen hundred or something, and and, and the Olympia is around the same seventeen, mm-hmm. I think. And it's sort of because it nearly feels more intimate than that, you know. And the crowd are right on top of you, and you know, it, it, it's just an amazing atmosphere. And as I say, going to gigs there myself as well, you can see the look in the band faces when you're standing downstairs, even yeah. if you're not right at the front. You know, it's it's just one of those venues that's really, really lovely. Like, and of course, sounds great. So, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite venues. And 
obviously on on the way to your the top for the Coronas, you've been able to support the likes of Paul McCartney, the script. Um, I believe you even played for Barack Obama when he visited Ireland. How were those experiences for you, and what's been the most surreal moments for you so far? Things like that are always are always pretty amazing. Like to say that you know we we supported Paul McCartney was pretty incredible. Like yeah. you know we obviously grew up listening to the Beatles, and you know it, to see even him sound check was amazing. You know, and we went out and watched the sound check. And he just picked songs that weren't even on the set list and just turn around to the band and just go Penny Lane and they just bang into it and we would be like jaws on the floor going, nice. This is incredible, like, you know. Yeah. Um so just things like that is amazing to say we done. We got to meet him and say hello. As you say, meeting Barack Obama was, was just one of those things that was just crazy. Like we were in a yeah. lineup we we played at at his sort of event when he came to College Green in Dublin and we were in a lineup of like all these sports stars, Project Harrington, you know, all these people that were, uh, all these actors, like, yeah. you know, it was just mad, like, and, and we got to shake his hand and chat to him and, and say hello to him and Michelle, like, and again, it was just one of those surreal moments here, like, what are we doing here, like, you know yeah. what I mean? But, uh, so but things it, like that are, are cool to say you've done, like, you know. Um, out of interest, just, what, what was it you said, do you? Or what did you have a conversation about? It was funny, because we, we were actually standing beside Padraig Harrington and he started, talking about golf he's, he's big into his golf and he, he was saying to Padraig oh, I know this guy and he was chatting away <laughs> and then Michelle was lovely she, she sort of stopped and was chatting to us and asked us about the band and stuff and you know it was a, it was a brief chat you know but yeah. it, I mean they were just thanking us for being there and thanking us for the welcome and you know asking us what the band was called and you know they're just just really nice as I say it was a brief chat but just getting to be in a room with them you know yeah. and obviously we would be, be big fans of Barack Obama and and everything he did and what he stood for. And we were actually in Chicago, which is his hometown, when he got inaugurated. And nice. the atmosphere there was incredible. Like just walking around the streets, we were on tour in America at the time. Yeah. And when he got inaugurated and, and chosen to be president, we were there and it was just amazing, you know. It's been like fit then. Exactly, I'm exactly. So there you have it, that was part one of our interview there with Danny O'Reilly from the Coronas. Uh, it's not every day you're actually speaking with someone who's chatted to Barack Obama. Um, and that was of course a little snippet of real feel from the Coronas' latest album, Trust the Wire. Uh, next we're chatting to local band Public House about who they are and what they're about. Um, also just wanted to say a big shout out to the guys at Balsonic, as after moving to a new location at Orn the Park, they brought the people of Northern Ireland yet another fantastic lineup of acts, including Arcade Fire, who they finally managed to book after many, many years of trying. Um, and don't forget, obviously, you can read that gig review on our website. Uh, but now we speak to Connor from Public House before part two of our interview with the Coronas. So I'd like to welcome Connor onto the show. How are you today, Connor? Very well, Mark. How are you? I'm not too bad. Now, Connor is the frontman of local band Public House, who are from Belfast. Can you tell us a little about Public House, Connor? We've been going for about a year now. Um, 
we've been gigging around a lot of local bars in Belfast. We've put a few shows on ourselves, um, sort of tagging our name in as Public House Presents, um, including we did a gig last night um, with a few other bands in Voodoo. Um, been doing a lot of uh, writing in between shows and we've actually had a few recording sessions with um, Green Davidson in uh, Half Pop Studios. Yeah. Uh, it's just in the city centre. So we've actually bundled four of those tracks into an EP and we're currently just working on um, a few things and we're hoping to release that quite soon actually. Um, so I think once we have that out there, we'll maybe do an EP launch as well. Um, nice. we'll, we'll do it local and, and promote it as well. So we're just having we're having good fun, just going around and gigging in as many different bars as we can. Yeah, so in the beginning, how did, how did you all meet and how did the band come about? Well, um, me and the other Connor, who's the drummer, we'd met previously in a, another project and we just decided one day just to kind of casually have a few sessions, you know, jamming, and nothing too serious, just a bit of fun. But it kind of came quite obvious that we were coming up with new material constantly and working on things and thought, well, we may as well try and, and do something here and, and develop a song. So <clears throat> we obviously needed someone else in. So that's when we knew Dennis, so we contacted him and he came in on bass. And so we were a three-piece. And that was maybe maybe late 2015 I think or middle of 2015 so we actually took time out and did a lot of writing and yeah. and sort of developed you know the songs and a lot of the songs that we play on the set now you know have been going from many many years ago so once uh, Dennis came in he's predominantly a guitarist so he moved over to guitar and we were able to get uh, Brandy in on bass mm-hmm. so that means we're now a four piece and we've we played our second gig last night as a four-piece, so Brandon settled in quite well. Rather than we're a group of mates who decided to make a band, we're a band that have become mates. It's the opposite way around, and it yeah. usually goes. So you, you have obviously aspirations to release your EP. Was that something that sort of... Did, this, did those songs come about recently, or was it literally just a product of the last couple of years? Yeah, it's um, a bit of a mixture. So there's four tracks that we're going to have on the EP. They're is one in particular that was written years and years ago um, and started off as like a folk song um, on acoustic. And when I brought it to the band, it's actually become something quite heavier. So that's been really interesting to kind of work with that um, with the band and, and kind of change it. But that would be the oldest song. Um, the other songs now have probably been developed over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so... They would the regular ones that we would play on our set, um, usually ones that go down well live. Um, so we're we're happy that we can you know we finally got them down and, and can release them in, in some sort of format. But um, yeah, it's been a, a bit of a mixture of old and new. But um, yeah, we're just at the moment you know we're hopefully going to write a few more tracks and maybe bring out another EP. But um, I think it's nice because people that have been dark gigs, you know, it'd be nice if they can you know, purchase yeah. a release of some sort, you know, and we, we have something to promote as well. In those sort of couple of years, is is there anything you would say, even like a, a particular gig that you would say has been the band's like personal highlights so far? What would you say about that would would have been? I think our second ever gig was actually a festival in Cork. We we played um our first gig in um 
the Warzone Gig Collective, mm-hmm. um, the old punk venue in Belfast, and a band called The Grunts from Cork came up for that, and they mentioned to us about this 96 over 1 festival that runs kind of around August time in Cork city centre. And it's a great sort of festival where there's just live music continuously throughout the day. Um, so we applied for that, and luckily we were successful. So we went down and did, um, it was Preacher's Bar in Cork, mm-hmm. and it was a great sort of venue. It was very small, typical sort of live venue, and it was really hot. Um, and I remember they opened the big windows at the front, and you so you were kind of playing out onto the street as well. So you had people kind of walking past and just kind of chilling outside, watching nice. people coming in. And once we'd finished our set, um, what we did, we were able to kind of walk around different bars and listen to other bands, which mm-hmm. was great. Um, so I think it was a big coup for us getting a festival. Um, and it was a, just through, you know, we put on our own gig, the very first one, and we got the grunts up, and they sort of repaid the favour by recommending us into this festival. So, and um, lucky how it came about, but we're, we were delighted to get on to that. It yeah. was great fun. Now, obviously, going into the next few months, you're, you mentioned there obviously an EP and getting your EP launched. Are there any particular goals that the band would like to sort of meet in the next couple of years, whether it be? play out of a festival or release a second EP? Is there any sort of real goals you've tried to set out to achieve? Yeah, I think, first of all, I think we want to keep the momentum going. We've got into a good habit of playing regularly enough um, around Belfast and obviously down in Cork. It would be nice to get across the water maybe as well. Um, We've had certain, you know, offers and stuff to do festivals abroad, but they haven't been financially viable for us because we're all, you know, working and this is kind of part-time. Understandable. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. But it it would be nice, you know, to keep that momentum going and keep playing and in between those, work on the new stuff and, you know, maybe another EP or an album of some sorts. Um, But like you say, it would be great to do, you know, a proper festival. Yeah. And, you know, there are some local ones as well, which would be like, even something like Sunflower Festival would be great to get on. Yeah, um, definitely. Those are well-known festivals that a lot of people here would go to. Yeah. So, definitely, um, I think, you know, it's all going well and, and things are settling in with um, as a four-piece. Yeah. So, it, I think, you know, hopefully we can just build on that and keep going. Happy days. Now, going into our... Uh, feature three three. What would you say are three bands that would influence Public House? Uh, there's loads. Um, I think first off, I would I would have to say Led Zeppelin because they are. Well, I think they're the greatest rock band that have been around, um, and I think they're just so versatile. Um, uh, I would also say perhaps the Doors because we uh, some of our songs would have a bit of bluesy influence on in mm-hmm. them. So it's nice to have that in with the doors, and we would have uh, Dennis would switch over to center keyboard for some songs. So it's pretty cool. It's nice, nice, yeah. It's nice, a versatile musician. So it's good having that. Um, so definitely a bit of the doors influence there. Um, last band or, or artist, even I would probably say uh, Jeff Buckley because a lot of the songs I wrote years ago came at a time where I was absolutely obsessed with Jeff Buckley. I mm-hmm. mean, I think I bought every CD 
DVD, hoodie, t-shirt. I even had <laughs> guitar picks, Jeff Buckley guitar nice. picks. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's not unnatural. It's some of your you know your influences come out hopefully, and I think that was a nice segue from Led Zeppelin because he was massively influenced from like Jimmy Page watching and listening to him and you know, from watching interviews with him. So I would say that would probably be the third one, the title and. And what would three gigs where you've personally attended? What three gigs would you have loved Public House to, to open for? Recently, I was in I was at the Radiohead gig in Dublin uh, nice. last week. So that was amazing because that was I love everyone complained it was a small venue. It it doesn't seem like that when you're inside and yeah. the straight away there was an amazing buzz and sort of like this excitement because they hadn't been to Dublin in like ten years. So. Mm-hmm. Even the support band were getting, I mean, they were, it was Johnny Greenwood's side project. They did like a lot of Israeli music and there was a great buzz off that. So I would love to do something like that, you know, where everyone's just excited and can't wait and you're going to get a good reception regardless if you're good or not. Um, I remember years ago going to, I can't remember the name of the festival, but there was a festival in Sherwood Pines Forest over Mm -hmm. in Nottingham. And it was an amazing uh, gig. It was outside, like right in the middle of this big leafy sort of area of Nottingham, um, which is like a lovely town, really, really nice. And it was just, you know, at night and it was f***ing down with rain, but mm-hmm. it was, I, the atmosphere was hard to beat. It was really unique. I, never, I haven't been to a gig like that before, so I'd love to do, you know, uh, something like that, you know, yeah, something yeah. outside. And um, last, I think there's a third one, I would probably... I saw one of my favorite bands called Little Barry play the Black Box about a year ago. Oh yes, yes. Uh, and that was they played the main part of the Black Box. We've played the green room at the front, the mm-hmm. small room, which is which is really cool. But it'd be nice to get uh, the upgrade <laughs> into the larger room. Oh, yes, so I think um, they're another band I would be pretty obsessed with. So to open for them would be pretty cool. Because I've met I met them afterwards. They're really nice guys. But I would love to spend some time and just and and talk to them a bit more you know mm. and also to naturally upgrade yeah, <laughs> from the green room to the main uh, area in black box and of course you're on episode two of the gig and i podcast can you give us three reasons why our listeners should have a listen to public house um i don't want to force anyone to listen because <laughs> you know it, it i would just say i mean we we're serious about what we do we love playing live and um, that's the greatest thrill that we get. We love writing music, you know, we believe in what we do and we'll, we'll keep doing it. So I would just say to anyone, just listen to it. Um, if you can, come down and see us live because I think that's just nothing beats playing live. The, mm-hmm. the buzz that you get there is kind of unique and it's, it's great fun when everyone's involved. So just check it out if you like it, that's great. If you don't, that's no problem. Yeah. And I, of course, echo Connor's sentiment and we'll be playing their track call me in the morning at the end of the show so do stick around for that connor thank you very much for joining us today my pleasure mark thank you Can you describe like your typical day whenever the crooners are playing at night? What would you sort of do when, from the time you get up, uh, the time for the show? 
Yeah, it's funny. I suppose for the big shows, like for example with Kamein, and we'll probably have an early sound check. It's great, really, when you because we're obviously at different stages in, in in different countries, different territories. Like when we would go to Europe, say we would play small venues, and it would be four or five hundred capacity mm-hmm. uh, rooms, and you know, so there'd be a smaller crew and a smaller setup, and we'd be in there ourselves, like lugging the gear and setting up the stage and all that sort of stuff, like we used to do here in Ireland. And, mm-hmm. But now, thankfully, we're at a stage at home where we have a big, a big production, a big crew, so we can just rock up to the sound check. Nice. At like, you know, uh, whatever, three o'clock and everything's set up, ready to go, do a sound check, play around for an hour and then go home and chill out, do whatever you want. And you sometimes will have a meet and greet before before the gig, you know. Mm-hmm. I like to sort of get away from the venue and, and just come back maybe an hour before a show, just catch the end of the sport act. And I feel like if I hang around the venue all day, I start thinking about the gig and I get nervous, like, you know, so yeah. I, I like to sort of turn my brain off and go home and watch football or whatever, whatever might be going on and, yeah. you know, uh, just chill out in my own space and, and then get, get it, get, you know, get into the zone, I suppose. But, um, again, yeah, I suppose it's different for different gigs, like the really big shows, as I say, everything would be spoon fed to us. But then when we, when we're on tour, you know, in America or Australia or Europe, you know, there's smaller, smaller shows. So there's probably a little bit more work to be done, you know, to get it all yeah. together. If if you're in America and obviously European countries, would you would you ever go out exploring around the cities and stuff? Oh, absolutely! I love doing that, and whenever we get a chance, I would like. Even if, you know, a lot of the times, you you won't have a day off in the city, but I'll still get up in the morning, and usually, I go for a little jog, like you know, and I find it a good, a good way to just sort of roam around the city and 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 sort of just go on a little adventure and and, and see where it takes me, like and. And even just even if it's just around the local area to wherever a hotel is or around where the gig is, you know, you still get a sense for a city. I find, you know, when you just sort of walk around or, or find find a local park and, and see what the story is. And I love doing that. And if we have a day off, we would definitely we would always sort of try and do something, you know, and, and see go see something, whether it be in Barcelona or wherever we might be, you know. Yeah. So we're very lucky that we love traveling together. We love being together, and we get on really well, and and we enjoy being on the road. I was on your Facebook page not long ago, and I seen you were doing a Facebook Live busking. Can you remember mm. your first experience of busking, and how does that feel compared to busking nowadays? Yeah, it's funny because we used to uh, we used to busk when we were in school, and, and we'd be just trying to save money to go out on a Saturday night. We were probably sixteen or seventeen, mm-hmm. and we just we just busk for a couple of hours on a Saturday just to get enough money to go out on, on the Saturday night and go to the local disco or whatever it was, you know. Yeah. And and now it's funny because we do, uh, like we, we're busking outside record shops and it's like yeah we don't want any money just go in and buy our album um, <laughs> so it's just sort of promotion now but uh, yeah it was it was great you know I think it was it was really good for us just to because it's a tough gig busking you know you have so many people just walking by you and they're yeah. totally ignoring you and you know and I think that gives you a bit of a thick skin you know you've sort of when people come to your gigs all the time they're they're there because they want to be there and and they're they're up for listening and. You know, and you might, you know, it's easy to get sort of ahead of yourself and go, I'm great because there's people applauding you every night. But yeah. I think from an early stage, even though we, we we thought we could sing, we could play and, you know, we'd be, we'd try and pick good songs that would get a reaction. There's always going to be people walking by and just like not even listening to you. Like, yeah. and, and, you know, I think that gave us a, a, a thick skin, you know. And even now, still there was people walking by me <laughs> when I was busking outside in, wow. uh, in Galway and in Dublin. So uh, it was good for me now as well, you know. If you if you were playing like smaller shows, even when you were starting out, was it ever hard going going to places where you might have been playing a smaller show and you've 
you've been used to playing the bigger shows back home. What's it like yeah. whenever you're going to like a European city, really small yeah. venue, and you don't have the same amount of people? Is there is there a feeling yeah. inside that sort of comes out? We love it to be honest. Like we, I mean, as I said, we're on different stages all over in Australia. We've been playing slightly bigger rooms. Europe, you know, we're playing four or five hundred capacities, and and mm-hmm. same in America, and, and you know. We love the different challenges of of the different size gigs. You know, as I said, we started off playing those size venues in Ireland, and we built it up through the venues, so we could see it working. You know, and we can see it building. And and as long as 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 there's anyone there, and you're 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 playing your music, we're we're happy to do it. And if anything, I think it makes us better as a band as well. To a certain extent, in the smaller venues, there's no hiding. You know, you can't when you play a big show, you can put together a big production, and you've got a big sound, and you've got a load of crew, and you can nearly get away with making an odd mistake, you know, because yeah. it's, it's just a big atmosphere of a big gig. But when it's a small crowd in Europe and there's 400 people there and you can hear a pin drop, yeah. you know, you're like, oh God, we gotta we got to play tight here, you know? Yeah, and so I think it's really good for us, like, you know, and as I said, we, we enjoy the challenge of playing different size rooms, different size venues, different types of crowds as well, you know? I mean, when we go to Australia, there'd be a lot of expats who might, might have 70% Irish there who have, nice. you know, emigrated or whatever. But then in Europe, we wouldn't have hardly any Irish people at the shows. It'd just be locals, and 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 every crowd is different. Every city is different. Every room is different, you know. And I think that's that's why we love performing live so much, you know. Because and it's the same up in Belfast when we played up there. You know, we started off playing the Empire, and it was a cool vibe. And then we did two nights there, and then we did Mandela Hall, and just playing the different sized rooms, and over in Derry as well, in the Nerve Centre, you know playing the different size rooms and different festivals and stuff it's just a different gig every time and that's I think that's why we still love it to this day and you know even if you're playing some of the same songs it's never the same you know I know obviously the crooners are on to your fifth studio album Trust the Wire can you tell us mm. a little bit about the album and what it means personally to you yeah I think it's funny we, t- we took our time with this one as I said we moved back from, from London after the last album we had been living over in London and we, we sort of wanted to, we, it's not that we wanted to try something different but we definitely didn't want to do the same thing again and we didn't want to just go through the motions and and do another Cronus album that you know that sounded a bit like our last one and mm-hmm. we took our time with it we went, moved down to Dingle and, and Kerry and and wrote down there and, and we just we started up with songs that I think were a little bit more maybe understated a little bit more mature a little bit more electronic and sort of atmospheric now it's still Corona sounding but you know I think it's it's a little bit different for us and yeah. I think we needed that. As you said, it's our fifth album now, and we need, we needed a, a change, and we needed something to ignite us, and and that's what the song "We Couldn't Fake It" is sort of about. The first first single off the album is about yeah. us, you know, trying to remind ourselves of why we do what we love doing, and 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 trying to forget about the the business side of the industry, and 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 just you know reignite our passion for what we do, you know, and our ambition and stuff, and and I think that's sort of a team that that sort of you know reappears throughout the album and it's um it's yeah we're really really proud of it we recorded it in london with an amazing producer called elliot james and i think it's uh yeah it's a little bit different for us but it still sounds corona and we're, we're very very proud of it yeah I suppose it's it's just a new adventure and it almost 
like keeps it interesting as well. Um, and yeah. if if you were to recommend a couple of tracks for our listeners to listen to, what would you what would you choose? Well, the first thing that we couldn't fake it is is a song that we're we're very proud of. My favorite track on the album is a song called "A Bit Withdrawn," which is uh, yeah, again a little bit more subtle and understated. It's probably not going to be a single, but uh, I think it's cool. And the future single there called "Give Me a Minute," which I think we'll probably release later in the year, and uh, that's a song we're sort of proud of as well. A nice big epic ballad, and um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, I I, I would suggest they go listen to them all. <laughs> okay, and like on the more personal note, can you tell us? your own favourite personal gig that you attended as a fan. So who was it, yeah. where was it, and when was it, roughly? Yeah, well, it's funny because just last night, was it last night or the night before last? The night before last, I went to see um, Radiohead in the, in the Three Arena, yes. and it was amazing. And, you know, I've seen some amazing gigs really recently as well. Uh, Arcade Fire in Manhattan Castle a couple of weeks ago was amazing. But I'd probably have to go for... I remember seeing Coldplay in uh, in the tr- in the tr- the old point before yeah. it became the Three Arena in yeah. Dublin, and at the time I was a huge fan. It was just after the second album came out, so it was a long time ago now. And um, you know, it was just just amazing. It was just amazing. They always put on an amazing show, and I'm actually going to see them again in Crow Park now in a couple of weeks nice. um, after our show. So yeah, they just put on such a good show, such a good light show. He's such a good front man. And, they obviously amazing songs but he can sing live and yeah they just know what they're doing it's, it's always sort of emotional yeah. and uh so uh, yeah I'll, I'll say that too perfect and last question from us you who is it you're currently listening to now do you have any like uh on your playlist do you have any local bands yeah. or who is it you're particularly listening to in right now yeah i i, I love loads there's loads of irish bands that i listen to bell x1 james mcmorrow i'm a big fan of he's yeah. brilliant and you know, there's some amazing bands out there at the moment. <clears throat> uh, the Academic are, are a good band that are supporting us now in, in Cork. Um, another band called Gypsies on the Autobahn are very good. My sister, Roshi Noh, is a singer-songwriter. I always like to give her a plug. She's brilliant. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I suppose outside Ireland, there's, there's bands like Phoenix I love and the National a band, American band who are just amazing. And, yeah. Um, Bonnie Ver, love him. They say Arcade Fire, love them. Radiohead's new album. You know, it's sort of there's so much out there, which is I think it's a great time for music and and for Irish music. If you look at the success of like, you know, Gavin James and it's just uh, Hosier, obviously Codeline. There's just there's been amazing amazing amount of success that Irish bands have had, and you know, long may it continue. Uh, I just want to say a big thank you for speaking to us at Gigan and I, and we wish you and the crooners all the best for the future. Thanks very much, man. I really appreciate it. Nice talking to you. So that's it. Another episode of the Gigging and I podcast completed. Danny O'Reilly there from the crooners, giving us a great insight into the life of the band and, of course, how they came about. Uh, they've just headlined at the Royal Hospital in Dublin, making that their biggest headline Irish show to date. And everyone at Gigging and I wishes them continued success in the future. Um, a big thank you to listening for the podcast. Um, please subscribe on iTunes if you do want to hear more. And you can leave a rating or comment on there as well. It helps shed, uh, share the word. Um, you can also listen on your Android devices on SoundCloud. And you can follow us for other episodes. And of course all the details can be found on our website giggingin.com. Uh, a further thank you to Connor from Public House for chatting with us. Uh, they're definitely a band to keep an eye on. And they're right on our doorstep in Belfast. Um, and I'm delighted to say that when I play us out with her track, Call Me in the Morning. <laughs>